Welcome everyone to Pod and Gore, your one-stop shop for everything horror. Now here's your hosts, Justin and Brandon. Take it away, boys. Hello everybody and welcome to Pod and Gore, your one-stop shop for everything that is horror. And we are your hosts. My name is Justin. And my name is Brandon. Welcome to the show. Hello and welcome. Excited for this one. It's, I am uh, too. It's a milestone of sorts. Yeah, it really is. It's, uh, the, the timing couldn't be better. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of a fraud in the sense to where I love these, like, the old black and whites. Like, I just watched Nosferatu mm-hmm. probably th- three weeks ago. I still um, need to watch that one. Yeah, it, I mean, I believe I was, I, th- I think I watched it on Shudder. I was hanging out with a buddy of mine and I was watching it in my um, office, but, like, I haven't really watched a black and white movie that I don't like. I just haven't watched nearly enough and True. definitely not enough to like, Oh, but yeah, no, like the pacing is horrible, but yeah. like, it's just, it, it's a real glimpse into that time. You know what I mean? Like it's, there's just something about it. That's that fascinates me. Well, and I think that compared to some of the others, like we were talking earlier today about Dracula and how painfully slow that movie is while it's still good. And, like, Mummy, I couldn't really get into because it was so slow and boring. But, like, this and Creature, which we did several months ago, are my two favorites, which is why I wanted to pick them. Because they're just so much more fun and interesting. I would put put Wolfman in there, too. That's Mm -hmm. another one that, if you don't cover it within the next six months, maybe I'll get to it. (laughs) <laughs> I need to um, pick. I need to pick Universal. It's been a minute, but yeah, I yeah. told that because that was a thing. Because I was like, man, I, you know, Frankenstein might be cool to cover. You're like, yeah, I was actually thinking about that next week, and I'm like, <laughs> have at it. I'll yeah. pick the next one, and then I won't end up doing it. So <laughs> we'll see. And uh, we'll get to in a little bit why I was so adamant about picking Frankenstein for this episode. Yeah, as it's it marks an occasion of sorts. So, for those that haven't seen it, Dr. Frankenstein dares to tamper with life and death by creating a human monster out of lifeless body parts. Because that's what you do. He is the man who made a monster! Exclamation point. (laughs) Directed by James Whale, screenplay by Garrett Fort and Francis Edward Farrow. Story by Richard Scheer, who is the scenario editor, whatever that means. Based on Frankenstein, the novel by Mary Shelley, and Frankenstein, the play, by Peggy Webling and John L. Balderston. Uh, it stars Colin Clive, Mae Clark, John Bowles, the great Boris Karloff, mm-hmm. uh, Dwight Fry, Edward Van Sloan, and Frederick Kerr. My fun uh, tidbit about Boris Karloff is he's also the voice of the Grinch. Yes. An animated uh, Grinch cartoon that I love. Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. No, well, I mean, that like... That is correct. Well, I mean, like, it... Man, it, like, total icons of the day, right? Like, you think mm-hmm. about, like, even... Oh, with some of the names now, you know, like, you have your, like, you know, your Tom Savini's, like, mm-hmm. like just names of legendary status when it comes to um, the genre. Yeah, you know, like, but like a Boris Karloff or a Bella Lugosi or mm-hmm. um, Lon Chaney. Yep, that's the one I was thinking of right there. I was like, ah, oh, damn it! I was, <laughs> but um, 
yeah, it's just like for such a long time ago too to like it's just iconic in the sense that like it's as popular now if not more so than it's ever been mm-hmm. and like you watch these movies and you're like okay it it's fine it's not like it's not something that you sit down and watch on a regular basis but like it is so instrumental in mm-hmm. everything that it's like one, well, it's I almost, mean, they're they're the monster stereotypes. I mean, we just got through Halloween, but they are when you think of the the traditional classic costumes for kids. It's a vampire. It's a Frankenstein's monster. It's a wolf mm-hmm. man. It's a mummy. It's, I mean, those are all the big, high string, you know, characters that are just kind of archetypes in horror, but they're also the universal monsters. Right. The only thing you're missing is uh, like a witch, when yeah. you think about it. Like yeah, and like a skeleton or a pumpkin, which Halloween three covers that. So we're yes, it does. Yes, it does. <laughs> uh, release date, which this is the important part. I was teeing up earlier was November twenty first, nineteen thirty one, which means in what's today? Today is 12? um the tenth as a recording. As of recording, so 11 days from now, and about four days from recording, or from releasing, Wait, it will be the... Uh, what, what What's the anniversary? The 21st. So the 21st. Next... So this drops on Monday the 15th, so right. it'll be just under a week. Yeah, six just days. Yep. Which is, so that's... six days after releasing this, it will be the 90th anniversary of this movie. Woo! Woot woot. That's... Uh, you know what i know yeah i caught that one. Oh man if you guys are if you guys go back and you listen to um one of the recent episodes of we are marvel that you do you actually it gets pointed out how many times you woot woot it and now every time you say it i'm just yeah you are a creature of habit i know there's nothing or i'm just that, just but. not very original i think that's the biggest problem hey they go hand in hand yeah a uh, budget of $262,007 is what it says with a box office of $12 million. That's insane. I assume, I assume that goes for constant re-releases and things of such. Like it have to. Yeah. But see, like the thing like that, like you watch this movie and I mean, obviously technology is not not anywhere near what it will become. But like... $300,000 damn near like it cost almost as much money to make this movie in what year was it 1931 31 90 it years did... ago we just did this <laughs> so this came out in 1931 Halloween came out in 1978 57 years apart mm-hmm. and damn near the same budget to make it I mean granted like I said back then technology probably costed more the the sets were like that's the thing i love about the, like this movie is just yeah the the it's so uh, i don't know like you can tell that the set the, that they crap like they made the sets like watching wizard of oz yeah. you know what i mean like just those set pieces like that mm-hmm. like and it's just i just it's imagine, a lot more practical than it yeah. is now and i imagine them you know like like it's doing stage productions like you know painting and getting everything set up like a high school play 
but like it just it looks so cool uh, so let's get into this thing so we can move it along. In 1930, Universal Studios had lost $2.2 million in revenue. Within 48 hours of its opening at uh, New York Roxy Theater on February 12, 1931, Dracula, starring Bela Lugosi, had sold 50,000 tickets, building a momentum that culminated in a $700,000 profit, the largest of Universal's 1931 releases. Woo! Yeah. Uh, as a result, the head of production, Carl Lamel Jr., announced immediate plans for more horror films. Because that's Hell what yeah. you do. Right. Strike while the iron is hot. Mm-hmm. And never stop, apparently. Hmm. Uh, James Whale had been imported from England by the Lamels and given a free hand as to his choice of projects at Universal. He was immediately attracted to Frankenstein and greatly revised the script and conceptualization of the project, which had troubled the management back toward a monster with some humanity within, in keeping with Shelley's original story. Which I think is the best part. Yeah. Like, caring about Frankenstein is the reason the movie works. Otherwise, it's just fine. Mm Mm-hmm. Kenneth Strickfaden designed the electrical effects that were used in the creation scene. They were so successful that such effects came to be considered an essential part of every subsequent universe film involving Frankenstein's monster. Accordingly, the equipment used to produce them has come to be referred to in fan circles as Strickfadens. Huh. It appears that Strickfaden managed to secure the use of at least one Tesla coil built by the inventor Nikola Tesla himself. Oh, shit! Yeah. That's super <laughs> cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to the same source, Strickfaden, and I think I'm going to say that about a hundred more times just for fun, mm-hmm. also doubled for Karloff during the creation scene as Karloff was afraid of being burned by sparks being thrown off the arcing electrical equipment simulating lightning. Although he was partially covered by a surgical drape, Karloff's abdomen was otherwise exposed during the scene and the high voltage arcs threw out white hot uh, bits of metal when they were used to create flashes. Uh, Film Daily, yeah. <laughs> Film Daily lauded the picture, calling it a gruesome, chill-producing, and exciting drama that was produced intelligently and lavishly, and with a grade of photography that is superb. And that's the thing about my favorites, this and and creatures, that they're the prettiest ones. Like they're, yeah. you know, the re- the rest of them are good, but they're kind of rough and ready. But these are like. They're pretty. I mean, that end scene that we'll talk about later with the burning windmill is just beautiful. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. Like, you watch Dracula, and it's, it's I like, I love the look of Dracula. I love the mm-hmm. castle. I love all that. But, like, I feel like with the burning wind, windmill, like, that wasn't just, like, filming, you know, it, that there was, like, some crafty cinematography involved yeah. that made it look... Like, you elevated it. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't mm-hmm. just, like, being They put recorded. some thought into it. It wasn't just, yeah. okay, let's get this done so we can get it out. Yeah. Uh, it holds 100% certified fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes based on 46 reviews, so nothing too spectacular there. Uh, but in 1991, the film was selected for preservation in the U.S. National Film Registry as being deemed culturally, culturally historically, or aesthetically significant. 
Hmm. In 2004, New York Times placed the film on its best 1,000 movies ever list. Hell yeah. And Frankenstein also received recognition from the American Film Institute. It was named the 87th greatest movie of all time on 100 Years 100 Movies. Nice. Not too bad. The line, it's alive, it's alive, was ranked as the 49th greatest movie quote in American cinema. That's pretty That's pretty good, <laughs> given the fact it's only two words said twice. Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the film was ranked number 56 on AFI's 100 Years 100 Thrills, a list of America's most heart-pounding movies. It was also ranked number 27 on Bravo's 100 Scariest Movie Moments. Additionally, the Chicago Film Critics Association named it the 14th scariest film ever made. Wow. I just noticed you titled this Franken Notes, mm-hmm. you piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta throw in my zingers. Uh, a quick bit of fun facts and then we get into the meat of the thing immediately following his success in dracula lugosi had hoped to play henry frankenstein in universal's original film concept however the actor was expected by producer carl lamell jr to play the monster a common move for a contract player in a film studio at the time so for those who don't know back in this day when these movies were made an actor was signed to a studio. And so a studio would say, hey, we're making this movie, and they would go down the list of people that are contracted with them to fill the roles. Right. Reversely, those actors couldn't work for any other studio. Right. Yeah, it's like you're in our stable. If we're, you know, we're making this movie, we think you'd be good in it, we just pluck you and put you in. Like, yeah. Which is why, and we'll get to it later, there are a bunch of Dracula actors in this. And Lugosi comes back and is in Wolfman. He's mm-hmm. the gypsy dude that helps do whatever he does. I haven't watched that movie in a while. Yeah. Let me see. I lost my place. So, to play the monster, to keep his famous name on the bill. After several disastrous makeup tests said to resemble that of Paul Wigener's in The Gollum, the Dracula star left the project. So, they tried, forced him to be the monster, but it didn't look good, so he got booted. Well, no, but uh, Bella uh, Lugosi has such a a round face. It's very circular. And, Mm -hmm. like, the fact that Frankenstein's monster has such a U-shaped bart simpson style head mm-hmm. that like i couldn't imagine bella lugosi in that makeup i just i don't well, see believe it or not, i'm pretty sure he does play you might have to look this up but i'm pretty sure he plays the monster eventually oh uh, let's well while you're talking i'll look it up on my phone here yeah uh the initial director was robert flory who had recharacterized the monster as a simple killing machine without a touch of human interest or pathos, unlike in the original Shelley novel. Okay, so I did find a picture. It's not as bad as I was expecting, but... It's definitely a shorter, stubbier head. No offense, but it's... Like, you look at it, you 100% can... Like you see it, like, but it's not mm-hmm. as bad. It reminds me of one of the villains from Dick Tracy. I know that's yeah. a weird poll, but like, that's mm-hmm. what that reminded that me works. of. 
Uh, other than during the opening credits, a short section where a village band plays on screen and the final credits, there is no musical soundtrack to the film. In, hmm. in 2002, Michael Shapiro wrote a new film score to be played simultaneously with the, with the playing of the film. Through 2021, the score received over 50 performances in the U.S., Canada, U.K., Russia, Norway, and Italy. Okay. A microphone was placed in the coffin used in the funeral scene to amplify the sound of the grave dirt hitting the lid. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Boris Karloff offered to remove his partial bridge work as part of the monster makeup process to create the sunken cheek look. I was wondering how I was wondering how that was because it really did look like it. Yeah. I was like, "Wow, okay." So he took out his teeth. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, the scene in which the monster throws the little girl Maria into the lake and mm-hmm. accidentally drowns her has long been controversial. Upon its original 1931 release, the second part of the scene was cut by state censorship boards in Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, and New York. Ooh. Does it say what that second part was, or is it kind of lost mm-hmm. to time? I think it's lost. Okay. Uh, those states also objected to a line they considered blasphemous that occurred during Frankenstein's exuberance when he first learns that his creature is alive. The original relevant passage was Victor saying, Henry, in the name of God. And then Henry says, in the name of God, question mark, now I know what it feels like to be God. Ooh. <laughs> Which is in the copy of the movie I have. I yeah, I, it's I, in your, you know. I that, that that's what I remember hearing talking yeah. about being God. Like, yeah, yeah. that was one hundred percent in that movie. Which is my favorite scene of the movie, and we'll get to it it's when so we get good. to it. But so. yeah, it uh, it was removed. Kansas requested the cutting of thirty-two scenes, which, if they had been removed, would have cut a literal half of the film. <laughs> I mean, it's already what an hour, six minutes, seven minutes. Like, it's yeah. real short. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Ireland, the film was banned on February 5th, 1932 for being demoralizing and unsuitable for children or nervous people. Age-restricted <laughs> certifi- uh, certificates were not introduced in the country until 1965. The decision was overturned by the appeal board on March 8th, and the film was passed uncut on March 9th. Oh, wow. Uh, last one, the movie was banned in China due to falling under the category of superstitious films as a result of its strangeness and unscientific elements. Okay. So, I mean, for a pretty uh, unoffensive movie, it was quite offensive back in 1931. Yeah, that is... That's a lot to take in, given how, you know, by our standards now, that movie's pretty tame yeah. like given what we just talked about with haunt yeah it's like the, to think that that's fine now but mm-hmm. back in 1931 this was taboo yeah this was like yeah it's banned <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into the movie which i love oh so much i love the opening warning mm-hmm. um oh i do too I I quoted it a little bit on my notes here. It may even horrify you. Uh, And then, the will, we warned you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, I know they lampoon it in The Simpsons Trios of Horror, which we've talked about, and I love that. But just the, I think it helps with the theatricality of it. Mm -hmm. 
It really like, does make it seem like a like a stage production. Yeah. And especially with like the way the sets look, like it really does feel like a high-end play. And it also just kind of seeps you into the creepiness of it. Mm-hmm. Like they really go hard and just making you I mean it, it's like Texas Chainsaw opening with that this is based on true events and da 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 da, da and be right. warned this is very graphic shit that we're making up <laughs> yeah and it's it's like that it's like this is gonna be frightening to your senses and if you don't think you can handle it leave now yeah and even in the opening credits they go so far as to list the cast because you know back in the day the cast was at the front of the movie mm-hmm. and under the monster it just has a big question mark oh that's cool they they name him at the end when they do the cast again but at the beginning, it's just question mark. I didn't notice it's that. It's just a monster. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's, a, that's a way to set it up. Yeah, it just, it, like I said, it just seeps you in. And you're just totally immersed in this idea that this crazy whack job is going to create a monster that's going to run amok in this small town. Mm-hmm. Or village. Right. As they say. Uh, so I talked about this earlier. We had a bunch of returning cast members from uh, Dracula. Dwight Fry, who plays Fritz, which is not Igor. Mm-hmm. Henry, not Victor Frankenstein's assistant. Two oh. common misconceptions is that he, you know, Frankenstein is the name of the monster, but it's right. not. It's, it's not. It's the name of the, the scientist. And mm-hmm. that his helper is named Igor. I don't know where that came from. Not sure, but I know they use it in Young Frankenstein. Right, I know. I kind of wanted to watch that before recording. It's but so funny. I, what you should watch is Bride of Frankenstein, and yeah. then watch Young Frankenstein because that's the one that par- it parallels the most. Okay, like the the part with um oh what's his name Gene Hackman in the woods. Mm-hmm. That is one hundred percent lifted from. Bride of Frankenstein. Oh, cool. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. goofier, obviously, but oh, yeah. like that that whole concept of that scene is Bride of Frankenstein. Good pull. Yeah. I watched it last year and I was like, oh my God, I'm watching Young Frankenstein. I can't, <laughs> I can barely take it seriously because I'm just watching Young Frankenstein. <laughs> oh. Um, but Dwight Fry, after I went off, before I went off on that tangent, is uh, Renfield in Dracula. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. And Edward Van Sloan, who plays mm-hmm. Dr. Waldman, is Van Helsing in uh, Dracula. Nice. Yeah. Like, uh, it's definitely a universal... It's definitely a a, a dark universe, I guess, to... Yeah. They're just different the, characters. Yeah, right? They're, like, it, they're, they're doing what, uh, what fucking Tarantino's doing just way back yeah. in the day. That's yeah, great. it's essentially what Tarantino does. It's cast the exact same people, or uh, uh, Adam Sandler. Yeah. Just cast all your friends in the same <laughs> movies over and over again. Yeah. Um, American Horror Story, all that good stuff. Yeah. My right. um, next note is uh, Fritz, I almost called him Igor, uh, getting the abnormal brain, which always makes me think of Abby Normal from Young Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, they they really um, like I didn't notice it the first time around watching it, but they they really start like with that with that brain, 
how they really hammered it on later that it was a criminal's brain and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Like, okay. And then, like, the whole... They're really teeing up the idea that the monster is evil. Yeah. But he's not. He's not, poor guy. Poor dead guy. <laughs> he just wanted to live and be loved with some flowers. Yeah, exactly. Pull a little Pennywise with the Yule Float too. Going a bit too far there. <laughs> Get the water! <laughs> Go swimming! <laughs> it's so, oh, man. It's good exercise! I know, when I was watching this movie, too, and it was the part where they show him, and he's... I don't know if he had the chains on, but, mm-hmm. like, he was... Maybe it was when he walked in, and I was like, oh, my God, because it looked just like the NECA, and you yeah. recently got that one, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, I was like, I saw that, and I'm like, God, they need to get that back in, because I definitely want to buy it. They don't have it at Target anymore? I haven't been to Target in a little bit, but... um, You need to go there. Last time I was there, they had several of them. Well, yeah, that they had that, and then they had the color and the black and white, and see, what what pisses me off, as we've talked about this, is that I want the black and white, (laughs) but it's the only one they did in black and white. And I'm like, fuckers? (laughs) Make yeah, if I could have, if I could have canceled my pre-order and then just bought the color one at Target, I would have. Right. I mean, I love having it in black and white, obviously. Yeah. But they if all and when should... they do, yeah, they all should have a black and white variant. Yeah. Yeah. Just hey, here's sixty dollars for each one, and how many different ones are you gonna end up buying? Hundreds of dollars worth of NECA. Yeah. And they would get the money for it too. Oh like, yeah. God Especially from Universal Monster stuff goes for so much as it is. Like, you start yeah, throwing Walmart. variants and shit in there. Right. Ugh, Walmart has gross. a bunch of the the Universal stuff going on. Like, they had the, the, the Bendies, I think, that you got off of Amazon. Oh, nice. And then they have, they had a Frankenstein, a Bride of Frankenstein, like, little ones. And I'm just like, gosh, just, I can't afford to buy all this. I'm, I don't have anywhere to put it right now. I have no shelves in here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I need so. to go to Walmart. Yeah. Uh, so my next note is that Henry has such a loving and understanding wife in Elizabeth for being such a complete whack job. Like, What's that like? <laughs> <laughs> like she's so sweet and caring and shit and allows him to just get away with being this psychopath. Right. Literally. I told you I can't be disturbed right now. <laughs> and she's like a... <laughs> you sit in the chair too, Elizabeth. Okay. Yeah. Sure thing. You say so, honey. Yeah, right. <laughs> Aren't your experiments great? We'll postpone the wedding as long as you need to go be in your castle thingy with your dead body friend. Your your fucking <laughs> castle lab. Like no, people just have just like a room and you have an entire castle. Yeah. So cool. <laughs> I need a castle. Yeah, right. I just need a bigger room. Yeah. Castle. I mean, mine's cool. pretty big, but Yeah. A if I had a castle full awesome. of toys, that'd be just sweet. Oh my god. You're like, I have 37 shelves now. And they're all <laughs> Just full. for Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next scene, of course, is the scene. The one that makes the movie. It's the one that's in everything. Whenever mm. this movie is on in another movie, this is the scene that they show, which is the It's Alive in the Name it's of God. It's Alive. Yeah. I get chills every time. Like, I've watched this movie probably more than any other Universal Monster movie. And it still gets you every time? It does. Just, I was, when I was watching it for this, I had it on my tablet because my wife was watching something else. Oh, yeah. You you sent me a picture of that. 
Yeah, and I've seen it, you know, a dozen times, so it's like I was just watching it to see what I wanted to talk about. So I was almost borderline not even paying attention, and when that scene came on, I still got chills, because it's just, <laughs> he does such a good job. Yeah, being, oh yeah. It um, almost doesn't even fit with the rest of the performance, because he's so good at just snapping in that moment. Well, not only that, but like, there were several times watching this movie where I was just like, good God, this performance, like... His performance is is really good, and just like I don't remember if it's a part when they go into the room before they actually, you know, flip the switch, if mm-hmm. you will. That when the guy is looking at the table and he's just kind of looking, but he's like the way he delivers his lines. I'm just like, all right, <laughs> okay, <laughs> you do he's your thing. He's a little cheesed off his cracker. Yeah. What? God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> It's been a while since you've thrown that one out there. I try and throw it in every time I can. (laughs) Uh, My next note is about Baron Frankenstein, Henry's dad, and my question to you is, is this guy the biggest dickhead in the movie, or is he the only voice of reason? (sighs) That's that's a real... I think you can... He's this pompous ass. Yeah. Who's just puffing on his pipe and his, like, dress robes, you know, (laughs) scoffing around, thinking his son is having an affair and they're trying to hide it from him. Which, why his. Oh, that scene right there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Why his betrothed would be hunky dory with that, though. It kind of seems like her and Victor have something going on there. (laughs) Yeah. Which is why maybe she doesn't mind that he's. In a castle with his dead body friend. <laughs> could be. Who could knows? It well was the be. 30s, you know, crazy stuff. But I mean, it's not necessarily the, what, the swing in 20s. <laughs> <laughs> but Post. yeah, it's just like he, he goes down to his castle windmill and is like, hey, what the fuck you doing? Like, that's. <laughs> oh, <it's, laughs> you're supposed to get married in like two days, quit fucking around in this dank horrible place yeah but i don't know he's also an ass so it's hard to (laughs) yeah it's just hard well i mean it's i also definitely think that's part of the like the time too like things were a lot douchier back then (laughs) yeah well i mean we get to that with the ending with him and the the dumbest most unnecessary like i think next time i watch this movie i'm going to cut the movie short at the windmill yeah, and not watch it. that last scene because it almost taints the ending. Yeah, I know you were kind of talking about that at work today. I'm just like, yeah, I I'm right there with you. Yeah, but we'll get to that in a minute. Like this is way too lighthearted of an ending for, you know, people dying. <laughs> but that's the thing, though, is that they had to like that it, part of the regulations. I don't know if we talked about this with Creature, but oh yeah, part of the regulations with them making these movies to get them past the ratings boards and shit to be able to even release them is that the monster had to die. That's why every time at the end of these movies, the monster dies and then they have to come up with some wacky, stupid reason why he didn't in the sequel. Yeah, why he comes back. Yeah. And having a somewhat... I mean, I guess Dracula doesn't have much of a jovial ending and neither does Creature, I don't think. No, the ending. I, don't I don't remember the ending of Creature, but 
I would imagine it's just so it doesn't end on such a downer of the thing burning. And in my mind, Henry should have died, given the beating and the falling off the windmill. So I think yeah. they needed to have that last scene to be like, hey, he's still alive. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah, that's true. Because like, at first when I'm watching, I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, did he die? And they're just going to carry him off like that? Like, yeah. And then you just, you're like watching. Because there's like, that token line of, you know, get him back and have a doctor look at him. He's fine. Something like that. But Right. And they needed have, that reassurance, I guess. Right. And the poor monster just getting panned. You're like, God mm-hmm. damn it. Poor guy. Which, now that we're on the monster, the makeup's amazing. It's so good. I think it's the best monster makeup out of all of them. The design's great. The application's fantastic. Like, I love the look of Gilman and Dracula and Wolfman, but, like, this one doesn't look like makeup. It looks like a creature. Well, that, too, and that was one of the things I was noticing when I was watching this, too, and, like, the scar on his arm or, like... Not or mm-hmm. like the damaging. I'm like, God, that looks real. Yeah. Like, I'm like, God, it, it looks like, like they actually sewed a hand onto his arm, you know, his forearm. Yeah. Like, it's nuts. It's such a good job. Uh, then we start to really, you know, care about the monster when he's chained and whipped and taunted with torches by God, Fritz. Fucking Fritz, man. It's dickhead. just. <laughs> Just being he's a real great dick. as Renfield, but in this, he's just a dickhead. Yeah, yeah, it's like, I'm trying to remember what the other thing is, or the other movie, where it was a similar situation, and the, the little Fritz guy was just taunting somebody, like, taunting and being a dick for no reason. I can't remember what it was, but, um, yeah. oh well. But. I kind of wish he had died instead of Waldman. <laughs> like, I think they kind of talk about maybe he was he attacked Fritz, mm-hmm. but he kills Waldman and escapes, and oh, everyone right. essentially like forgets that he existed and go on with this big ass wedding. <laughs> and then he tosses the little girl into the lake, which I assume is because she can't swim. Mm-hmm. Like, back in that day, not everybody could swim. Yeah. I mean, now, not everybody can swim, obviously, but, like, it was, it's not like he snapped her neck and then tossed the body or anything, and it was a shallow, like, you could probably stand up and be fine kind of part of the lake. That's kind of, I was like, just get up, girl, come on. (laughs) Yeah, just sit up and you're you're fine. Pull a Michael Myers and just calmly sit up (laughs) after being stabbed and you're fine. Yeah. You're just fine. Be good. Uh, but the father carrying her dead body through the streets is just heartbreaking. It really is. It's real. Like, it's... Everyone's playing all this jovial wedding music in this village because that's what you do, I guess, in this time and village. But as they see him, all the music starts to die down. The laughter dies down. Like, it gets a little comical and dopey at parts, but that scene is crushing. It really is because it's just like, you know, as a as a father of a little girl, like of a girl who's a, around that age, I'm just like God. I couldn't imagine, and that's heavy. Yeah. That's real heavy, especially you know, as, like given like what you said tonally, how this movie is like. It's like, hey, okay, 
you know, jovial wedding and this and that, then a dead daughter being walked to the streets and then yeah. talking about, you know, um, b- toasting the house at the end of the movie and Frankenstein pin being burned to death. And then back up, like, it's just yeah. like all these it, different. It is really strange because, yeah, after this, they do the the pitchforks and torches, the classic, you know, chasing the monster through the woods scene that every movie has emulated since. <laughs> Yes. Including Shrek. Yeah. And the Simpsons movie. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like. Go ahead. No, you're good. And just, you know, them chasing him down, he attacks Frankenstein, and they have their tussle on the cliff there, and then he kind of drags him off to the windmill and hikes him up top and tosses him overboard, and he does like a double backflip off one of the blades <laughs> and then they burn him alive and you see him getting pinned down and the flames engulfing in the yeah. wide shot which is beautiful like we talked about earlier of the windmill just up in flames yeah but it's, it's still great. crushing i know like what uh van helsing did a really good job of like making it, it like it pretty similar and yeah. how it the you know that windmill on fire looked and I'm like wow, good well, job you guys. I was thinking about that because we're going pretty short here. I'll try and pad a little bit since we're at the end of the movie now. Yeah. Um, that's one of the things I thought about watching it the other night was it'd be so cool to remake this movie and do pretty much everything shot for shot, but the ending would be the beginning of Van Helsing. And you have, not necessarily with Dracula and all that shit, but the part of that movie that I love the most is when Frankenstein's monster, caught myself. Yeah, you did. (laughs) Goes out onto the ledge as everything is burning and he screams out, why? Yeah, and it's, (laughs) yeah, it's a bit much, but everyone stopping and and going, oh my God. What did we do? yeah, this isn't just some mindless killing machine. Yeah. This is just a person trying to, you know, figure out how to be a person. Yeah. And then it collapses. Like, that, I'm giving myself chills thinking about it. Like, I, that's yeah, I kind of thought about it too. I was like, yeah, that <laughs> that's not bad. Yeah. Well, thinking about, like, you know, the dark universe and how many times they've tried to reboot it and how many different times they've tried to bring it back and... Like, and like the, the most recent with the invisible man, how they, they took it and they gave it a practical approach. And it's like, you know, the thing about horror movies is I don't like, even though it's 2021, I don't like the invisible man doesn't need a suit to be invisible. You know what I mean? Like if you want to make these movies again, make them how, you know, make them how you're going to make them, but like you can stick to the story. Like you can have monsters. You Mm can like, you know, like the invisible man can legit be invisible or, you know, I think in the original, I haven't watched it yet, but I think it's like a potion or something. He drinks and he becomes invisible. Like totally do that. I mean, as much as I love the new invisible man, I think it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. If you really wanted to make a dark universe, you have to do it the way it was done. And like, I don't even, like, I don't even, it doesn't even have to, like, just remake the movies and make, like, visually stunning, but, Mm -hmm. like, the part of the thing with these movies, the charm is, like, the practicality of 
of it all. Like it, it's yeah. not some big budget CGI fest. Like, yeah. you know, it like you can immerse yourself in it because you know, it's it's all realistic. Yeah. unrealistic, of course. Yeah. But like, but I mean, with modern pacing and modern makeup effects and everything, keep it black and white, and you could do this mm-hmm. now. Make it twenty minutes longer, and you've got a ringer. Like, yeah. and just do that for everything. And if you want to connect them, you can. We talked about this with Van Helsing. Like, that's the perfect Avengers to a dark universe where you have yeah. Frankenstein's monster being used by Dracula to wake up the chil- his children because they're dead and therefore can't be born. So he uses, you know. Henry's technology to bring them to life and he has wolf men at his disposal to do his bidding during you know times that he doesn't want to get his hands dirty like that's yeah the, the concept of Van Helsing is uh, like in my opinion is yeah it's great like yeah. you if like if you're going to reboot it, like that would like, you could 100% do that. Like if Blum, Blumhouse or whoever wants to make these movies, like they go, they make them and then you cap it off with a reboot of Van Helsing. And then you make your nine movies, however many of the, the monsters you want to cover, mm-hmm. but like you do it in traditional style to where it's very similar. Like you're in Transylvania, you're, you're in the castle. Like, fuck, they did it with the Netflix show. Like yeah. that take on Dracula. Those first the, two episodes were perfect. Yeah, and I'm like, you could do that, and still make it look good. It doesn't have to be like, how are we going to make the mummy relevant yeah. and you know, and Tom Cruisey enough? Like, no. <laughs> oh, that's right. I totally <laughs> forgot about that. I'm like, like you know, you make the Wolfman. Like they, uh, I still I own it, but I still haven't watched it. The one with Hopkins and Del Toro. But it's um, not bad. yeah. But, like, reboot the goddamn universe and yeah. root it in its roots. Like, do yeah. it like that. And the the Netflix show showed us that you can do that. Yeah. Just don't give an iPhone. Yeah, you don't have to do the episode <laughs> three. Like, I mean, even though that was kind of a weird way to modernize it, like, watching that first one, I'm like, okay, we can, yeah. we, this is possible. Those first two, I was like, this is perfect. This is everything I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. Not to dive into that well of misery that is episode three again (laughs) yeah it's like not everything has to be right now like take us on a journey back in time you know let's get nostalgic about it yeah that's part of what draws you in to Mm -hmm. these movies like if this movie was set now it would be stupid yeah because it doesn't make sense yeah there's no yeah like and if if you did there's no way that it would look like the monster would look totally different. Mm-hmm. It would almost, I mean, it would kind of end up being some sort of like, you know, I hate to say it, but like the way they did it in Van Helsing, it would be something, some steampunky looking, mm-hmm. something like that, maybe with more cyborgy and like androidy parts where it's just like, no, yeah. no, he's not a robot. Rotting flesh, yeah, a ab an abnormal brain, like yes. you know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll go ahead and yeah, 
take us to the next one there. We, we were, yeah, well, hey, we, I enough. mean, we're, we're off track, but we're still in the universe per yeah, se. Yeah, we're on so. subject. It's fine. Yeah, and we're padding. a little bit more bang for your monster buck. This well, yeah. is one of my favorites. And it I, I so want to make sure I give it its due. Right. Well, um, the episode would have been done ten minutes ago if we wouldn't, if we're not, we didn't ramble. So. I know. And the, like we said, the movie's like an hour long. So. It is. It is. If you need more detail than that, go watch the movie. Yeah, as you should. Mm-hmm. It is one of those. Like, if you're a horror fan, I know I'm just kind of I'm coming at this late because I only watched these movies, you know, within the last two three years, but. I would suggest if you're a horror fan, go back and watch the classics. Watch the Universal Monsters. Watch the original Fridays and Halloweens and Freddies. Like it gives you a good baseline to really appreciate where we're at now. Yeah, and even so, like, and they're you know, great. Yeah, well, yeah, they are. But like, when I was looking through like just all the black and white movies of that time, I'm just like, God, I know all these names. I haven't seen them. That's another one of my faux pas as a horror fanatic is my love for horror is really rooted in the the slasher genre yeah, and i too. yeah and i never really went back and watched a lot of the old ones i just watched halloween 80 times mm-hmm. i watched lost boys 60 times Candyman. you know are you just reading times. off the posters behind you yeah it helps <laughs> texas chainsaw you know what i mean but like like i like you i tend to revisit the horror movies that I love mm-hmm. instead of branching off and, and really going and watching the ones that I need need to check off my my list so that way mm-hmm. when someone's like, oh, you do a horror podcast? What do you think of this movie? And you say you've never seen it and then they're just like, well, okay. How do you do a horror podcast if you haven't seen the thing yet? Yeah, now we exactly. Have. Yeah, now we have. And <laughs> That I, was a big one. I'm glad I picked that one i'm glad was... you did too and i feel like a real piece of shit for not watching it until then <laughs> me too like, it's bad i like and uh that's a movie i'll be watching again soon when the when we get snow because we're i believe we're definitely gonna get snow this year yeah probably uh but anyway we've padded this more than enough let's get the hell out of here as i tell you what our next bonus episode will be tying into universal monsters and the black and white aesthetic we are talking about our four favorite black and white non-universal monster horror movies. Yay! So we can't just pick this and Creature and have half our list done. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted to, damn it. I but know. yes. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, um, super stoked that we got to talk about this movie today. Um, I kind of want to get out of here and go watch another one, but I got to make dinner when we're done with these. Mm-hmm. Um, but we want to thank you for joining us as always. Um, you can find us on Facebook at pod and gore podcast. We're on Instagram and Twitter at gore underscore pod. You can find us on the slasher app at pod and gore podcast. You can email us at pod and gore gmail.com. And we encourage that you do, um, you know, hit us up. Let us know what is your take on the universal monsters. Are you a big fan of the black and white genre films? Um, you know, let us know what it is you like. Um, we'd love to hear it. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, let's go ahead and get out of here. Um, we'll definitely see you guys next week when we talk about our favorite non-universal monster black and white films. Until then, we've been your hosts. My name is Brandon. My name is Justin. 
and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.